Hello and welcome to Miss Bossy Boots. My name is Stacey Morgan. I'm joined by the fabulous Jane Hills, and I always love the episodes where I get to talk to you. Jane, how are you doing? Ditto, and I'm doing really well. What about yourself? Oh, just time is flying by. Like it's just <laughs> so close to the end of the year that I can't actually cope. You know, when you, you like it feels now like the year is a freight train and it's just running and we're just on it and that's that's it. <laughs> It's going and it going. It has felt like that, yeah. It has felt like that, I think, oh, for the certainly the last couple of years, yeah. I think COVID, like, you know, in 2020 was just such a welcome, for me, such a welcome relief where time got to slow down a little bit to the point where I almost feel like I want that period back. <laughs> Well, and that's not something forced. we thought we'd say, yeah? Forced, yeah. yeah. Forced it was to stay forced. at home. I, yeah. have, I had no idea how much of a homebody I actually was until that forced stay at home time and then coming back out of it. And now, I, yeah, I feel like that as well. It would be nice. It would be nice if it was socially acceptable to have every social event cancelled and every in-person <laughs> event cancelled and to not have to get out of my PJs every day. Yeah, the only thing I would like to carry on is school. I feel like I would not like to revisit homeschooling. No. 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 And I had <laughs> I had two girls who did pretty well at at, you know, self-schooling, but um uh yeah, Henry, Henry Henry didn't like it at all and um and they were just bored, you know, like they had no Oh, I mean, they were—they were actually—they weren't, weren't as bored as I thought that they would be. But they love their friends. I wouldn't do that to them. But for me, like, take me back to—and I was so aware of it back then as well. Like, I—I—I I, I was so aware of this pause, and I kept saying to myself, "The universe has shown us now what life could be because they've—you know—this has been forced upon us. Yeah. But if we want this to continue, it's up to us to have the strength." to be able to to continue this for ourselves. Yeah. Knowing full well, Stace, that I was not going to have the strength to continue for ourselves, for myself, which I haven't, you know. Yeah. Busier than ever. Yeah. And I'm um, like, the freight trainers happened? are moving. What happened? Yep. <laughs> what um uh, what about oh well I was going to ask you about your favorite thing, but is that is that it? Time to yourself and time at home or have you got something? No, because I don't have that anymore. No. Um, no, my favourite thing I've got to say at the moment is um, I had a conversation with my brother-in-law who's a gastroenterologist over Easter and he's, you know, he's like one of those, I know, this is my favourite thing, um, but I, I think the gut fascinates me. It always has. And one of my favourite people in that space is Michael Mosley. I don't know if you've heard of Michael Mosley. No. He's like, I think he's a GP. I think he's from the UK. He's had a bunch of TV shows on the ABC and maybe SBS, but he's written a couple of books and they're all about the gut and how important it is, how important gut health is. Um, and he's got, you know, suggested diets that that help with gut health and all the rest. And look, without making this episode all about gut health, all I can say is gut health is incredibly important. Um, anyway, so I've always followed him and I've always followed quite a few people who've spoken about the importance of fasting, Mm -hmm. not only from a weight loss perspective, but from a, um, like just being really, really good for your health. So it's something that can stimulate the immune system. Have you been talking to Heath? Because Heath is all about the fasting currently. 
Uh, I think it's a thing. Anyway, yeah. it's it's it became a thing in the medical world and they produced a journal article on it in the New England, I don't know, whatever that journal of <laughs> I health love your is. references. <laughs> um, and it's minor details. I'm just like, okay, everybody's on board now. This is not just so you know, you, allied you, health and, and alternative health. Well, you just fast for 18 hours. So you just eat six hours of the day and you yeah, can pretty but- much... To eat anything in that six hours of the day. So, so you might so say for example, I'll do from eight thirty to two thirty, and where you can like have breakfast, like you can have whatever you want, and then from two thirty in the afternoon till eight thirty the next morning, you don't eat anything. And how's and that going? That's eighteen and uh, eighteen hours. Uh, so much easier than than like you would think would. It, yeah, it's it's. Do you know what? I'm not really ever hungry at night. I sit on my butt I'm all day. I'm hungry at four o'clock in the afternoon. I'm not hungry. I I'm just it, looking for I'm, an endorphin. Yeah. I'm just looking for an endorphin hit. So, so what, I'm not hungry at all. I just I just want to put something in my mouth so that I get an endorphin hit or I'm tired or yeah. I'm bored, or, you know, I'm sick of sitting down. So I just go and find a jat, you know, <laughs> no, notice the singular there. <laughs> a good a debate jet. to have is it a jet or a jats is jats the plural and the singular not oh, in my book you. it's a jet <laughs> so not that i ever just had a jet i'd always have about 10 yeah. you know with a bit of with hummus cheese. or whatever and a bit of cheese <laughs> yeah and then you'd have have dinner and and whatever but I've, i was never hungry through any of that i just did it okay. because so now you're not eating from mm, 2 30 in the well, afternoon just but two, how's two, it making you open. feel Oh, like great! Like it. it well, it, it. I think. Um, yeah, higher levels of of energy. Right. Um, I was always worried that if you didn't have dinner, that you'd wake you up wouldn't in the be able to exercise. Starving. Oh God, no! No, I wasn't worried about that. I was just worried that going swimming at six o'clock in the morning, I'd have no energy. You know, right. I just. But I think, yeah, you. But in fact, you actually end up having more energy. So, um, I Where don't did like this being, idea of three meals a day come from. <laughs> I know. Well, this is like, and this is what a lot of the research actually goes back to. So, you know, back when we were all on the Serengeti as a human race, we would not have just got up and had, you know, coffee and breakfast and grains and sugar and dairy and you know all the fruits and all the rest and then gone on to have you know a lentil you know dish for lunch and jacks in the afternoon and then a huge dinner at night you know really we probably would have had to get up and then go and hunt for our food and then we probably wouldn't have got to eat until about three o'clock or whatever I don't know who knows I don't have enough history um, or science knowledge there to really understand what we did. But if you just think about it from a common sense point of view, we would not have, have evolved eating this much food. And and even though I try not to eat a lot of processed food anyway, we certainly wouldn't have been eating all the, the rubbish that, that there is today. And so um, just by kind of restricting that, again, it's, it's not necessarily, so yes, I do definitely feel better, but it, it's more for... Um, I just love bucking the habits that I thought defined me. Do you know what I mean? I just love going, you don't have to have dinner just because that's what you do. You know, just have dinner if that's what your body feels like 
it needs. And, and you know, you don't have to stick. I mean, I stick to it fairly um, regularly, but, you know, if you've got a night where you're going out for dinner or or whatever, like you you can kind of switch out around your hours or, or whatever. But yeah, I think I would cope a lot more with the getting up and, and starting moving. And Amy Porterfield doesn't eat till lunchtime, till like two o'clock in the yeah, afternoon. Yeah, there's lots or of people that don't. Yeah, yeah. So I would, I think I would cope better with the eating from how many hours is it? Yeah, six. six hours. Yeah, that's so right. From you midday till hours. yeah, midday till yeah. six p.m. or something. Yeah, and then and then going without after that. But yeah, yeah. So what about your favorite thing? Eating. <laughs> <laughs> Now that we're talking Same. about I it. love eating as well, but th- this is because I hate being restricted. Yeah. So this, you can kind of eat whatever you want in the six hours. So you still get to eat. Yeah. So you'd, you'd be fine. <laughs> um, my favourite thing is Heath has just stepped up a level in terms of, you know, barbecuing because we've been in our Ooh. new house for like over a year now and he's had this new Ooh. swanky barbecue and he doesn't, he hasn't really had a lot of time to use it, but he's been really, um, really making good use of it. And so we've had a lot of, a lot of good meat, <laughs> which is what I've been really? thinking about when you've been talking about fasting. Yeah, he's taking a lot of pride in his um, his barbecuing and I'm reaping the benefits, Jane. I'm really appreciate What's on the menu? What kind of dishes does he crank oh, out? Oh, it's mostly steak, but occasionally right. he's marinating chicken and doing fancy things. But it's he's got like some uh, – people are probably going to roll their eyes while I'm talking – some kind of switchy thing that goes onto the barbecue that treats it like a thermomix, like it, it teaches him oh. how long he has to do things for. So right. he, doesn't, he doesn't have to like put the steak on and then guess or like turn it once or like there's it just tells you this this heat on this plate for this amount of time and then it dings and then he anyway I, again wow. I, st- I should have better references <laughs> before yeah, I start but- talking but yeah um yeah I'm really really enjoying it because also dinner was normally a thing that was always up to me whereas he's like keen to yes. experiment at the time at this time so he's like I'm bringing this home from the butchers and we're doing this and I'm like cool so I'll, all yes. I have to do is the salad like yeah happy days happy yeah days. that sounds delicious yeah. nice one and now that everybody's nice and hungry we're going to talk yeah. about values <laughs> mm. <laughs> your personal values mm. I don't know mm. about you Jane but um COVID was a period of time where um, I was questioning my values and a lot of other people were questioning my values and it was a real time of uh, personal reflection and um, I've some of my values I've I've I have shifted I've I've kind of chopped and changed things that um, have been important to me since then but um, I don't think we've really had a personal values discussion I know we've talked about we have. I don't. Business. Yeah, I was going to say. I don't know about personal. Well, we. I think we've spoken about the fact that your personal values obviously kind of feed the business values. I yes. think particularly when yeah. you first start the business. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But they evolve and change, and yeah, I feel like mine have been evolving and changing. How about you? Um. Yeah, mine have evolved and changed along the way. I feel like they're still very, very reflective of me. Like this is my business values. Yes. I should. I should say which which largely go hand in hand with my personal values. I'd probably add a few more if if it was um, the personal values. But I'm just really like to my business values. But I'm just really aware that I think it, that, yeah, I've taken all the advice on board that, you know, just have six, make it, make it easy for the yeah. business. Just have six, don't have 20, just have, just have six. But I think the, 
biggest one for me, which holds true both across my personal life and my business life, is um, relationships are paramount. Yeah. Um, and for me, I think that's really become really, really obvious and and amplified in the last 12 months. And I don't think it's necessarily because of COVID. I just think it's because of the growth of the business and probably just all the kind of stuff that I've done in the last 18 months makes me realise how important relationships are. And I think too, like as I'm doing a lot of my kind of hiring and process and all of that sort of stuff, um, it's become apparent like and, and actually, it was shout out to Susan Judd, um, who I use as my HR consultant. She kind of talked to me about the importance of capturing the relationship piece in my business, particularly for my retainer clients, mm-hmm. um, on a system somewhere, so like a CRM system, so that when other people within the business work with this client, that they understand from a relationship point of view how to have that relationship because every one of mm. my clients, particularly when they're from different industries, um, they're, diff- they're, they're different. really different, yeah. really, really different. And, and you the can't approach some people like you approach other people and, no, and that and stuff becomes learned knowledge because you deal with them all the time. So you know their personality yeah. type and how they react to certain pieces of information and stuff. That's really good advice. Susan. Yeah, it, it was really good advice, and and I and I kind of kicked myself because I was like, it's my whole like this is what I base my whole business on, and I was so busy putting the processes in place for the functional stuff, I didn't even think about the relationships. And I said to Susan, I do always spend a good amount of time verbally talking people through the nuanced relationship, but as we know, that's that's not enough to to actually imprint. The importance and the and and the everyday nuances of, of those relationships and again as it gets to the point where I'm not going to be able to have a stronghold on every single one of those relationships to be able to step in every time yeah it's really important that the that that information is documented somewhere and at the end of the day that 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 is held as paramount to you know the business so yeah the marketing that you do has to be world class but the relationship that you have with that client has to be just as world-class, if not more. In fact, they are 50-50 equal. And and I think that's, that's what I've huge always... huge and important. Massive. Important massive. to tell your staff because if they think it's 10% relationship and 90% getting the job done, then, yeah, yeah, then you're going to yeah. run into trouble. Yeah, that's 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 exactly right. So so that's that's been a big one for me and, and that's... That, has guided a few decisions that sit kind of in my professional sphere, um, but I had to make a big decision without going into to the details. I had to make a big decision about um, something I was I was looking at doing as kind of extracurricular, if you if you like. Um, and one of the people that was involved in that just does not sit personally with me in terms of having that same value and and sharing that same value and for me that was enough to walk away and say well do you know what this is we're not going to see eye to eye because this is such an important thing for me and in business and and personally like I guess I'm someone who is very, very loyal. You know, once 
I have a, you know, once I am a friend, once I am a business colleague, once I, you know, um, I guess, I don't know, the point, I don't know, the point where just someone that you know becomes someone that you are very, you know, kind of loyal to and, and have that relationship with, but once it's there, it's, it's there. And I take that very, very seriously. And I guess if other people don't, I, I think I'm at the point now where I think, well, no, I don't want to be part of that. Mm, that's what about huge. you? It's huge when you realise that and when you can actually pinpoint it and use it as, not, uh, I was going to say. As a navigating. It, but, yeah, yeah. I, I don't mean use it in that. a bad way. I, yeah, exactly. You can use it to to make decisions and, and to, to as a filter to run things through. Yes. Um, the one of my personal and business um, values is integrity and integrity is such a uh, is such a good benchmark to have because if you're making decisions or if you come up to working with somebody or to working with an organization and and that's something that comes into question it's it I was going to say it's it's a cop out it's not necessarily a cop out but it's a real it's a real disconnect and if you mm. can't really if you can see that there's not you're not going to in line because they don't share that same um level of importance for integrity that you do then you can see immediately that is the first of many red flags that will come up because you'll always have that divide if you don't align correctly on your values and relationship I've haven't I haven't heard explained as a value before it's not something that has been on my list but I can see especially for you as a person Jane but also for you in your business relationships are so integral in the way that you have conducted yourself in your business over so many years like I've you know we've been doing Miss Bossy Boots for five years now and and during that time some of your retainer clients you've had for that entire time Mm. and and you know I might think to myself what more marketing assistance could those people need like surely they're doing it themselves by now but no it's because they trust you you've obviously built that relationship that relationship is important and that that's what they're buying into not necessarily the Facebook post but they're building they're buying into that relationship with you and that and And that process that's it and it's the evolution of that relationship as well so yeah that relationship five years ago started out as a functional relationship where we delivered you know the marketing that they needed but as the relationship develops, you almost become like a confidant, you know, in within the business and 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 the work that we do because we sit at a strategic level with our marketing. You know, we get to know that business really well, but we get to know the people within that business. And and for a lot of our clients, we become really close friends, you know, with uh, because we work so closely and generally we're quite like-minded and I think I've become much better at, at choosing, you know, people who I genuinely have a healthy level of respect for and and, yeah. and like for and it means we are terrifically loyal to each other and so when I can't see that being reciprocated or when I can't see that being something that that potentially could happen that's a huge piece of the puzzle you know that's a big piece for me to go okay they're probably not the right client for me you know they they might be suited to someone else but they're probably not going to be the right client for me because I think that trust um that ability to be able to be authentic with each other and and you know um and I think too to just always have a champion for their business. Like I genuinely, it's not just about the marketing succeeding. It's it's a genuine 
um, authentic drive to help them personally, you know, achieve what what they want to to achieve. So, um, and I think that's important. You know, without that personal buy in, you just don't have the 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 human element to it. I guess it just becomes a transaction. It becomes just something that you rattle out. And I guess that's the probably the difference. Yeah. That's the difference between our agency. And so so then when it gets to the point where you can't be that person for every client, it's really important that the people that you bring into the business have that. But um well, how, but how do you teach relationship? How do you teach integrity? How do it, values are such? Well, I think you've got to hire it to begin with. Yes. Well, this is what I was going to say. It's not. It's not something that you can hire somebody and then go on to teach them values. It has to be that you're looking. Yeah. You've got to find the people. <laughs> you've yeah. got to find the people that that also are drawn to those values and that understand those values and the importance of them in their own personal life as well, so that they fit and- in that mechanism yeah. of, of the business have the capability to truly live by those values because it's one thing to go yeah I agree with that but it's another thing to go yeah I can I can navigate my days and the decisions I make by that value yeah I interviewed Samantha Wills at the International Women's Day breakfast back earlier in the year and she said that by the time the business was really up and running um, her and her business partner or her business mentor would um, interview people by meeting them in the boardroom and uh, listening to their story and their experience and, and hearing, you know, for the first 10 minutes of, of what they were about and why they thought they were great for the job. And then she had a, a sheet of paper that had a list of 50 values on it and she would say, I just need to pop out and grab a drink of water, um, have a look at this list of values and pick out three for me and we're going to discuss them when I get back. And she'd go and get a drink of water or she'd go to the bathroom or she'd just go and stand outside the room for a couple of minutes and come back in. And then she would, you know, ask what are the three values that you've chosen and talk to me about why they're important to you and she said that was that was like hands down the best um indicator for her of whether that person was going to be a good fit for the company or not a good fit whatsoever and it wasn't kind of putting them on the spot like what are your values what do you value yeah like like it was like just have a look at this list and yeah and and pick out something and then and then you know she would get them to tell stories about you know, when that has happened in their life, like personal, yeah. professional, didn't have to be a business story. It wasn't like, tell us about, you know, when a challenge, you were faced yeah. with a challenge and how you overcame it. It was, yeah. it was more about hiring on, on those, um, on those stories that they could tell about what kind of person they were. Yeah. Oh, I love really that. Cool. That's such a good idea. Have you I read might her steal book that yet? from her. No. Of Golden Dust, it's called, and it's absolutely wonderful. And you know, I don't read books like quickly I've got several books going on for the you know a long period of time and all going at once it made me stop and do nothing else I read it in 24 hours it just is wonderful and a really lovely insight into like this it's no holds like no what's the saying no holds no holds barred yeah it's no holds barred she's just like this was happening on the outside. So here's a, here's a, and she puts the pictures in. Here's a photo of me, you know, at oh, Flemington yes. Race Day. And then here's what was actually happening behind the scenes. Yeah. And then here's what, oh, here's where, where this fabulous, you know, ad campaign began. Or the first time I was in the New York Times, but behind the scenes, there was this. And I was, you know, I was lucky enough to interview Sam and then to have, um, 
coffee with her afterwards and she was talking about how the first day that she was in the New York Times, which was a really big pivotal point, um, like game changer for her and for the brand, um, she got featured in the New York Times, but she was also in the Port News that day and her dad had said, to, <laughs> had like rung and said, she'd rung to say, I'm in the New York Times, Dad. And, and her dad was like, that, that's lovely, darling, but you're actually in the Port News today. Did you know? Did you know you're in the Port News? And oh, he was so excited about her being oh, in the Port News. And she was trying sweet. to say, yes, Dad, like, good, the New York Times. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, my God, <laughs> Which amazing. Which was really lovely. But, yeah, I, lo- I learned a lot from the book and a, and a lot from listening to her speak, especially on, on hiring on values. So Yeah, that's a that, great Jane. one. I might steal that one, Samantha. Thank you. Yeah, because it's something that I know certainly in the last six months I've used a lot to navigate. So, like, I I have them listed in my Trello board um, and there was a point where I was going through every week with um, my team and going, okay, you know, here's an example of how you would leave this. Can you give me an example of just really explaining, you know, what those meant and how you could bring those values to life within the business And even when we have conversations about certain scenarios, just going, okay, you know, this value, this is where we take notice. You know, this is when we're being proactive and progressive. This is how we be proactive. Okay, so you've done this. Do you think that was the most proactive and progressive way that you could have handled that situation? Because these these six values that I've got are totally, totally reflective of why people buy into the relationship that we have, you know, because they drive everything I do as a as a person, which is generally what attracts people to that to that relationship and that style. So they don't have to be mini Janes. Like people don't have to be me. But if we're driven by the same values, you know, then then hopefully that relationship will withstand, you know, whoever steps in to to take that that place but that's the business side of 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 things and and how important they are within the business side but I just think because I've had so much exposure to them within the business now I'm really like and I think you probably even when you're making decisions you know that subconsciously that's being driven by a value do you know what I mean yeah and because that's generally your heart, I think yeah. that's your gut feel. It's it's driven by values that you've been brought up with or, you know, learnt along the way or whatever the case, wherever your values come from, they're kind of innate to you. So I think when you're making a lot of gut decisions, it comes from your values, but then sometimes our logic and our reason kicks in or not even reason, but, you know, our logical analytical brain kicks in and that's when it will override that and you know that that decision for whatever reason or maybe it's like limiting beliefs or whatever comes in to to override that but I feel like just being so in touch with these values and just visiting them you know weekly daily now I'm going to other decisions going no because it's and and being okay with it going well no because it doesn't sit with my this is my value and that doesn't sit with that so yeah Sorry. And I find that a really good way to not feel guilty about spending time on things is is being able to bring it back to your values. So being able mm. to say, well, no, I am, you know, I'm not working. I'm not I'm not at inbox zero. That's because I'm actually spending time on the floor playing Lego with my children because family is one of my values and so I don't need the extra guilt on top of it. I'm just yeah. living my truth in that way. Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. a good measurement. 
Yeah. What are your values? I'd love to know those um, out, those of you out there listening to Miss Bossy Boots because they're so important both in business and personally. Please get in touch and let us know what values you are sticking with as we head towards the end of the year. We've got two more episodes of Miss Bossy Boots after this one that will wrap up season two. Thank you so much, Jane, for um, featuring on this season. I hope that uh, you've enjoyed chatting again. I certainly have enjoyed chatting with you. Oh, I have enjoyed it instrumentally. Thank you for having me. Of Always course. love these chats. Of course. And if you're listening to Miss Bossy Boots now and you are enjoying it, please let us know your takeaways. Make a screenshot of the episode on your phone. Tag us in your Insta story. We are at Miss Bossy Boots Podcast. And thank you so much for listening. Thanks, Jane. Thank you. Bye. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 